Hello, everybody. Welcome in to episode one, our first ever episode of Nothing But Bets, part of the BasketballNews.com podcast network. I am your host, Evan Sidery, joined by a special guest today, actually my editor and lead writer as well for BasketballNews.com. Spencer Davies here to talk about how, how NBA gambling is really starting to take over nowadays within the NBA realm. And also we're going to look ahead a little bit to tonight's slate of games with the Warriors taking on the Lakers and also the Nets taking on the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. And before that as well, we're going to dive in a little bit to some props, go over some season awards, some over-unders. Spencer, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. And I'm uh, happy to be the first guest on the first episode of Nothing But Bets. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to this because it's something I've always been intrigued by. And I know, Spencer, you have as well. Just um, I have to admit, I love betting on football. Like That's one of my little things on the side I like doing, especially since sports gambling is now legalized in Arizona. It's been something I do almost every weekend is to see what happens. It's It just makes things interesting sometimes. And I really I'm excited to do this for, for basketballnews.com as far as nothing but bets goes because I feel like nowadays, especially out here at Phoenix or at the Footprint Center, they have a sports book inside their arena. I've seen multiple places now, like Washington, D.C., and Chicago is getting one as well. Sports betting, Spencer, is becoming a mainstay, like a thing you talk about every single day when it comes to sports now. It's a sudden change from what we saw about five, six years ago. I mean, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? I feel like it's really starting to kind of take over a little bit. Yeah, and you know, it, it's funny because you know, when it started out, it started picking up steam. I was like, I don't know why you're throwing your money away. What are you doing? There's you 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 can't just watch a game for recreation or to have fun. And then, you know, Daily Fantasy Sports comes along in addition to all the fantasy sports that were already in place, but this was a way to literally change your team every week. And then you get into the actual outcomes of the game uh between two teams and you just give yourself a little bit more of a reason to watch. And it's like kind of like you're playing a game of your own uh, when you're watching these 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 teams and these uh, players compete. So I, that's why I got into it. And I'm with you. I started doing football, uh, you know, for the last you know few years or so, just even from a pick em pool, just doing spreads. And uh, it, it's a really good way to engage the fan and engage somebody who actually might not even been, been like, huge into sports that's a good way to kind of introduce them to it because then they have a, a rooting interest then they have uh something that will keep them uh paying attention to the game and really uh you know having a good time and doing it uh i know that a lot of the times at least for me uh the outcome doesn't always go my way and yeah i lose some money but uh it's still fun because you feel like you're a part of it and i think that that's what's drawing people in is that there's a way to actively have a say and actively have a way to be involved in professional and even sometimes collegiate sports. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, Spencer, because I imagine the same thing happens for you on most game nights where you get tweets where you're saying from people, where what's the starting lineups like? Who's missing the games? Like from like daily fantasy sports people or people trying to bell in the game. Like It feels like now, honestly, Spencer, we're kind of getting on the – on the precipice of this kind of exploding here soon, which is something like I mentioned, I would never have thought what would happen five, six years ago. But I mean, I have to imagine you get those same tweets as well, where you have a lot of people in your mentions on Twitter from the gambling perspective, asking you questions before the game. Yeah, no question. <laughs> and it, it's, it's funny. Like where the hell are the starting lineups? Where the hell are the starting lineups? So that's why uh, at least every time I'm in town, 
uh, in Cleveland and whoever's coming in is I'll always throw out the starting lineups and um, try to get, you know, the quickest information I can from, from both coaches on, you know, active and active. Um, people hate the word questionable because it's very ambiguous. Uh, but I, I do, I do get uh, quite a few questions coming in and I, I do the best of my ability to answer them, but I never go as far as to saying, yes, this person's playing. No, this person isn't playing unless there's a stern, stern answer coming from the actual organization itself. Uh, so that's another tip for those sports reporters that are trying to break in. Don't ever lie because you think something is going to happen or think something isn't going to happen. Be sure of it first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing, too. I know uh, if you get it wrong or if you're a little ahead of yourself, you, you'll hear, definitely hear about it on the Twitter as well. But let, let's go ahead and dive into it, Spencer. I'm looking forward to talking about some NBA bets, not only for tonight's slate, but also the future picks. For episode one, we're going to go ahead and look at some futures as far as this goes with our awards predictions, maybe even looking ahead to some over-unders as far as the win-loss projected totals go. When you look over this, I'm actually looking at DraftKings right now, Spencer, and to me, there's really a couple teams that stand out as far as projected over-unders. We can get on unders first, but when I'm looking over this, we'll start off here. I'll get on the list really quickly for those wondering out there, for, for those um, as far as the actual over-unders projections go. Houston Rockets, 26.5. Pacers, 42.5. L.A. Clippers, 45.5. L.A. Lakers, 52.5. Memphis Grizzlies, 41.5. Miami Heat, 48.5. Milwaukee Bucks, 54.5. Minnesota Timberwolves, 35.5. New Orleans Pelicans, 38.5. New York Knicks, 42.5. Oklahoma City Thunder, 23.5. Orlando Magic with the worst in the NBA, 22.5. Philadelphia 76ers, even with the Ben Simmons situation, Spencer, I find interesting. Their over-under is still right above 50 at 50 and a half. The Phoenix Suns at 51 and a half. The Portland Trailblazers at 44 and a half. The Spurs, who I've been on all offseason on basketballnews.com saying, I think they're a team you should watch out for as far as potentially tanking later on. They're at 28 and a half projected over-under wins. Sacramento Kings, 36 and a half. Toronto Raptors, 35 and a half. Utah Jazz, 52 and a half. Washington Wizards, 33.5. Atlanta Hawks, 46.5. Then look at a Brooklyn Nets, Spencer, as well. 55.5 leads every team in the NBA, even with the Kyrie Irving situation. It really tells you exactly how much Vegas feels about this Nets team, even with Kevin Durant and James Harden. They added a lot of depth this offseason as well. And then going over the last couple of teams here, Warriors, 47.5. Celtics, 46.5. Hornets, 38.5. Chicago Bulls, they've jumped up from the last couple of days after their hot preseason. It was 41 and a half. Now it's 43 and a half. Denver Nuggets, 47 and a half. Cleveland Cavaliers, Spencer, 27 and a half. Detroit Pistons, 25 and a half. And finally, the Dallas Mavericks, 48 and a half. A lot to take in there, of course, went down all 30 teams there. But any, any numbers stand out to you as far as some teams on that list? You know, it, it's something. I was making my predictions last night. Like I it literally took like an hour for me to go through the Eastern Conference. I don't think that there's going to be like an exceptionally bad team in the Eastern Conference, maybe exception of like the Magic and possibly the Pistons and Cavs. Um, so those any anyone in the East that has like below a, a 30, I would look at. I, I just think that there's so much parity in the Eastern Conference this year. You look at how many big moves were made in the offseason. I mean, first ones you obviously think of are the Chicago Bulls. 
bringing in Lonzo Ball, bringing in DeMar DeRozan, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Alex Caruso off the bench. They, they traded for Nikola Vucevic. Like, those are some big moves, and those are, uh, you know, win total moves right there. Um, you have Miami, who brought in Kyle Lowry, uh, who can completely change uh, the direction of, of this franchise uh, just by being a, an extra, you know, kind of compliment to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, I like someone I like that I think uh, sneaky uh, for that that win total too is um, Washington. I think Washington just by bringing in the uh, <laughs> the the Island of Misfit toys from the Lakers uh, that that uh, they used to get Russell Westbrook. I think that they could be um, a, a sneaky play-in team. Um, you know. I'm looking Eastern Conference. I don't know. I don't know if I want to touch the West because there are so many scenarios in the West that it could go either way. I think it's harder to predict um, the the West than it is the East, just because the the East, you know, they're they're top. I'd say six, and then from there, there's a like a gamble from there. But I mean, for example, in the, in the Western Conference. Couldn't you see like the Warriors being the Warriors? Like, couldn't you see, uh, you know, Luka Doncic, you know, taking them to a top three seed? Like, there's so much, so many different things that can happen in, in the West, but the East, I just feel like they're more kind of compact into that 45 to 50 win range. Uh, a lot of teams in the East, that is. Yeah, especially with the East, like you mentioned, Washington. That's a team I've always been looking at as far as the over-under win total goes. It's 33 and a half right now, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I think Spencer Dinway is going to be a really good backcourt combo with Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal, we all know, is an all-NBA talent who can score the ball at 30-plus points per game. You add in guys like Kyle Kuzma to the mix as well, if he gels well there. You have a nice young core. I would definitely hammer over 33 and a half if I were in that situation just because I think – Bradley Beal's not going to be a guy, if they start off slow, where he's going to ask out midseason. I think if he does do anything with his trade or his future in Washington, it's going to be during the offseason. Probably either be a sign-and-trade or he's going to outright say, hey, I'm going to sign somewhere else. I, I think that's where we're heading with Bradley Beal. I, just, I, I know there's some trepidation there with Washington just because people are wondering, hey, he might ask out midseason. Same goes for Portland with Damian Lillard. Those are two situations to watch out for as far as the over-unders go, but I think in both situations, both those guys probably just finish out their seasons in their respective locations. And uh, they're definitely loyal when it comes to that. So I would definitely hammer 33 and a half with the Wizards there. But let me hit on the West for a second, Spencer, because there's a couple interesting over-unders to me, at least, that I want to hit on with you. And the first one is Phoenix at 51 and a half. They won 50, what, 52 games last year to 72-game season. What's your thoughts on them being 51 and a half? Because I've been saying all offseason on basketballnews.com, I think if everything clicks together, this is a, a near 61 team. I mean, you brought back every single piece of the puzzle. You added in some more depth with Landry Shaman and JaVale McGee. The only one you're missing is Dario Shar, which is going to be out most of the season with a torn ACL. But you have further internal development from Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. Obviously, he's going to maybe take a step back as far as usage goes, but he's a great leader to have on that team. I think it's interesting now they're bringing up up now because honestly, Spencer, I would have thought, hey, hammer this 51 and a half, no hesitation. But now I think after what happened yesterday, for those wondering, DeAndre Ayton did not receive a max extension. For unnecessary reasons, in my opinion, Spencer, 
the Suns have created an awkward situation on top of that locker room, especially for a player like DeAndre Ayton, who we know needs to be pushed a lot and one that's going to really, I think, put a lot of pressure on himself this year, maybe pressing a little too much to receive that big money contract that he wants. He was a max or no contract guy, and the Suns did not balk on their price. Same with DeAndre Ayton. What's your thoughts on the 51 and a half over under? And has your thoughts on Phoenix changed at all with this Aiton situation? Uh, it does and it doesn't. I, I think that they're going to be really hungry to get back to where they were. They know what the, the taste of defeat is like. Um, and, you know, young teams don't like that. They want to get back and have, like you said, they still have the same firepower. Uh, you know, sign, sign bridges do an extension. Um, last other news too is that they they signed Landry Shamit to a four year, uh, fifty something dollar million dollar deal. Um, you know you bring back Cam Johnson, you still have, uh, you know your core pieces, Devin Booker, as we know, one of the the hottest players in the NBA. Um, and you you know you put that together with Chris Paul and a really really solid bench. I mean, even though Aiton didn't sign the extension, he's still a part of the team. It's not like a situation where, and, and mind you, I thought he deserved to get a max offer. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is the team still has the ability to to match whatever comes his way after the season. I think that he's going to focus like hell on this season and be more motivated because he's going to want to earn more money. So I would probably take the over there. Um, I, I bet in probably right around that 52 to 53 four win range uh just looking at it still have a really solid defense uh play with a, a great pace in the in the half court especially um so yeah i would still take the over i wouldn't have any trepidation over the eight in situation maybe out of the gate there is a little bit but i think that it's gonna be all right yeah, I agree with you there. I think they're just going to walk in in Phoenix and try to get back to where they were last year. Just a remarkable run. The Suns went on the first time in 11 years to make the playoffs to go to the NBA Finals. They're up two on the Milwaukee Bucks, and then Giannis goes supernova. He puts 50 points in the game or series clinching game six. Just one of the most incredible performances in a series that we've ever seen in NBA history. But let's go ahead and dive into just a couple more teams here on the over. Then we'll hit on maybe your best bet for the under as well, Spencer. And dive into some awards here real quick. One more here I want to hit on as far as the over goes. And I wanted to bring them up actually because they're a team you cover, Spencer. But it's one where I'm looking at the over and I'm thinking to myself, why can't they do this? Because they were close last year. And then you add in Evan Mobley. You add in obviously the Kevin Love situation we'll have to watch out for. But he's really a non-factor when it comes to the Cavaliers this year anyways. But you re-signed Jared Allen. Darius Garland, in my opinion, is going to take a big leap this year. Colin Seconds already proven to be one of the most efficient scorers in the league. 27 and a half, Spencer, on DraftKings as the Cavaliers over-under. And I'm thinking to myself, this team came close to that last year, and you're betting on internal development here. Why can't they hit 30? I mean, I think this is a team where, if you're thinking about a sneaky team and maybe hit their over a little bit, I think the Cavaliers are a team to watch out for here, Spencer. I think you can make some good money here because the Cavaliers, I think, are more so like a low to mid-30s type of team. and I love the Ricky Rubio acquisition as well. He was huge for the Phoenix Suns to take that leap forward from really a laughing stock to at least a respectable team. And Rubio's done some great things as well. You've already written on this, Spencer, in Cleveland. What's your thoughts on the 27 and a half over under for Cleveland? Uh, so it, it all depends on them staying healthy. That's something that they've had a lot of issues with 
Um, and honestly, ever since the, the rebuild started, they just can't stay on the floor. Um, they're solid pieces. You know, the, the amount of lineups they had last year was absurd. It was something like 23 or 24 different starting lineups. You can't win that way. They, they come into this season with some continuity. They have the same coaching staff, albeit uh, Lindsey Gottlieb's over with the USC women's team now and in comes Sydney Lowe from uh, the Detroit Pistons. But I think that uh, overall with the, the team itself, I think that there's a little bit more of a, a belief. There's more of a buy-in. Uh, I think that this, you know, adding veterans the way that they did this year and, and you know, they have gotten a lot of flack for bringing in so many big men, right? You know, they, they have Taco Fall just got signed to one of their two-way slots. Uh, they just brought in Ed Davis. And, and that's on top of having Lowry Markinen, And that's on top of having, uh, you know, Ricky Rubio. Uh, they, they've got some, some veteran voices in there now. And some of the veteran voices, mind you, <laughs> they're still young. It's a really, really odd dynamic because you, you got Jared Allen and Lowry Markinen going into their fifth seasons. But they're still in their early to mid-20s. Um, you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland they are going into their third and fourth seasons respectively, but they've still gotten a, a little bit of experience now. So like they're young, but they have games under their belt. And I think that that coupled with, you know, the veterans that they brought in, I thought the Ed Davis move was, was really solid just from a locker room perspective. Uh, again, goes into Rubio. They, they have talked up and down about Ricky Rubio this year. Um, the only thing that would hold them back, I think, would be the injury bug. Um, otherwise, they're being a really funky team to watch this year. They're going to try out uh, Lowry Markinen at the threesome this year, uh, play some big ball. They also have the op- uh, ability to to do some small ball. And actually, contrary to your point, Evan, uh, they've been running Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love with the second unit. And those two have a little bit of a uh, a rapport together, obviously, from their time previously with the Timberwolves. So uh, keep an eye on that. But 27 and a half, I, I have them right around that 29 to 32 range. So, uh, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that's a little flyer I want to take there on Cleveland. I, I'm, I'm going to lock them in as one of my picks I would take. I'm going to go for just a couple picks here before we dive into some unders. I'm going to take the Heat at 48 and a half, the Suns at 51 and a half. Denver Nuggets, I think, are going to be a surprising team, even without Jamal Murray. I think Michael Porter Jr. takes that leap. I'm going to go over 47 and a half wins for them. And then the last two, Washington Wizards, 33 and a half. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, over 27 and a half. Really quickly, Spencer, a couple unders I want to hell with you as well. Maybe some teams that should fall under their win total this year. Maybe be a little bit of a disappointment. These are four teams that I wrote down that I think are going to disappoint this year. And obviously, all four of these teams actually aren't supposed to be in the playoffs this year. But I just think it kind of shifts maybe just a little too ahead of the of the curve they would go if they hit the over on their development. And for me, it's Orlando, even though it's 22 and a half according to DraftKings. I think they're going to be under 11 of their rotation players. 11 are under 24 years old, which is a crazy number. And then you have the Pelicans at 38 and a half. I'm going to hit the under on as well because once again, Spencer, we have the Zion the Williamson situation happening here, and you don't know what's going to happen there. San Antonio, I'm going to stay on my angle of them being really, really bad this year. So I'm going to hit the under on 28 and a half. And Sacramento, 36 and a half wins. I was pretty ambitious from Vegas on them. I'm going to go a little bit under on 36 and a half. What's your thoughts on those 14, Spencer? Because honestly, I would have not picked the Pelicans 
to hit the under here. But now, once again, the Zion Williamson situation, it, his injury bug is starting to bite again. It is. Uh, and you have a brand new head coach coming in, Willie Green, uh, which I, I think he's going to be a tremendous coach. I don't know if he's set up for success necessarily. Um, you know, th- there are a lot of questions around the, the move of bringing in uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, you, I do, I do like the acquisition of uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, but, I mean, you're in the Western Conference. <laughs> like, it's tough. It's tough to get wins out in that conference. It, it's just the, the God honest truth. Um, luckily for the Pelicans, I think that they're in the probably the worst division in basketball, I would think. Uh, maybe, maybe the Central, maybe the Southeast. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I would take under 38. I just, you don't know where Zion is health wise. You don't like him starting on the shelf. You don't like him, you know, coming into camp uh, a little bit heavy. Um, you you have a brand new coach trying to implement some new things. Uh, you still got to see if the defense can be there. Um, you know, you're you're expecting a huge leap from, you know, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Maybe you're getting some, uh, you know, run from Kyra Lewis Jr. Depending on how much, uh, you know, they're going to try to play him. Um, Brandon Ingram obviously. Uh, took some some steps last year and continues to take steps uh, as that like all star borderline all star type of player, uh, but Zion Williamson is that pretty much is that team. <laughs> so you got to find out what that looks like without him, with a new coaching staff. It's just it's a lot. It's a lot to do, and uh, I would probably lean towards that under as well. Probably somewhere around. 34 to 35 wins if they get Zion back in a, a timely fashion. I'm right there with you. And one more thing here on the under Spencer, then we'll dive into maybe creating your own parlay as far as the awards go is looking ahead to maybe the race for number one pick this year between San Antonio and Orlando. I'm excluding Oklahoma city for this. Maybe that's a little ambitious on my part to exclude them here. Cause I know they're going to try at the end of the season, to tank, but I love SGA Shea Gillis Alexander. I think he's going to, willing to at least a little bit more wins than expected this year. But San Antonio and Orlando, these are two teams to me to really watch out for to hit their unders pretty comfortably, in my opinion. I think both these teams struggle to win around 20 or low 20 games this year. What's your expectations for these two teams this year where it's a complete reset in Orlando, but for San Antonio's first hands out there, Spencer, this is a situation where they really haven't experienced this in the last 20 plus years. Yeah, no, it's been a little while. Um, I still don't think that the Spurs win less than 30 games. I just won't let it happen uh, in my head as long as Pop is in, in charge of that team. <laughs> uh, I, I just can't see them in the 20s. I just can't with him uh, at, at the helm. Uh, I, I do also like, you know, DeJounte Murray and Derek White. Their backcourt, I think, uh, is pretty solid. They did bring in some vets. I know that they just let go of uh, Al Farouk Aminu. But, you know, if if you have... You know, some of those voices like Thaddeus Young around. You have uh, Dub McDermott, who we'll see how he does. You know, obviously big expectations coming off of that contract. Uh, Zach Collins also got some big money, too. You also have uh, Jakob Pertl, you know, one of the better rim protectors in the NBA. Uh, what what What's the situation like with, with playing time for all three of these guys? Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell. Uh, you got to find minutes for them. Uh, but that that's also something that uh, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. But I, 
I do think they have a little too much talent to only win 28-ish games. So I would take the over personally on that. Um, I think that Orlando, they have like 17 guards. Uh, that, that's an interesting, uh, dynamic there. You said they were what, 22 and a half? Yeah, 22 and um, a Yeah, yeah, I would probably take the under there. Um, it also depends on what we see out of Jalen Suggs. I don't think what, what came out of preseason is what we're going to see out of Jalen Suggs. It's just, uh, you know, transitioning into the next, next level. Um, Ethan Fuller did a really good piece for us on basketballnews.com, by the way, how much to take out of preseason and uh, how many all-rookie you know, candidates came out of you know, having decent preseasons. Those are actual breakdown numbers and stuff like that. I don't want to you know, butcher it too bad, but um, I would probably take the under on the Magic somewhere around 18 to 20 wins um, is where I would have them. And uh, if, as far as the race for the number one pick goes, uh, I still think that Probably, yeah, probably Orlando. I would look at maybe, maybe Houston, um, Oklahoma City. We know what their what their goal is, so Oklahoma City is going to be involved in that. Um, so I, I would probably say those three teams. Yeah, I think it's something to watch out for. Obviously, when you're looking at over unders here. These teams at the bottom of the barrel, Vegas does a really good job of setting them up realistically. Like Orlando, 22 and a half is maybe around the nose of where they could be around 21, 22 wins. But I would definitely, as far as the tank race goes, it's something to watch out for as far as over-unders go. But let's go ahead and pivot over, Spencer, to the awards, and then we'll dive into the last part of our show, talk about tonight's slate of games. Let's hit on MVP first off. I'll, I'll read the top five, t- the top five players who are under 1,000 odds. Luka Doncic at plus 380, Kevin Durant plus 600, Joel Embiid plus 800, Giannis Antetokounmpo plus 800, and then Stephen Curry plus 900. What stands out the most to you about that top five there, Spencer? Is there anyone else even off the board there that maybe makes some sense to you? I like two candidates for MVP this year. Uh, the first is, you know, the guy that just won the NBA championship who somehow has the fourth best odds, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, maybe it's fool's gold. This has happened before, but, uh, that jumper looks a little bit quicker. Looks the release looks a little bit more natural. Um, and I'm not saying he's going to get it by shooting jumpers, but if he adds that to his game, we already know what he has, um, in, in his arsenal, as far as being an unstoppable locomotive. Um, if he gets down into the paint area or he's playing, uh, off of, uh, pick and rolls like he's a, a, a big center, uh, but in a, you know, forward, uh, type of role, then I think that the, the sky's the limit for Giannis, honestly, man. Um, especially when you're, when you're playing with no pressure, uh, that, that's another type of dangerous. Um, and, and you're really playing like you have nothing to lose. And I, I know he's still going to be trying to prove himself, but, uh, I think big year for Giannis. I have him as MVP and DPOY, actually. Uh, but another name that you didn't mention there that I think would be intriguing for me is Jason Tatum. Uh, brand new coach, I know, but Ime Udoka is respected very much so around the league. Um, you know, he no longer, we're going to see him get tapped into a different side, I think. Um, he also, I don't know if you saw him, but he, he looks ginormous. Like he put on a, a bit of muscle, 
Um, we know that, you know, the Celtics had a, a COVID riddled season last year. Um, hopefully they are able to uh, avoid that this year. I know that they had a, a few issues there uh, in the preseason as far as that goes, but uh, I love Tatum. I think that also, you know, coming off of Team USA, uh, he's going to come in with, with a ton of confidence. Uh, he is able to really get to his spots like nobody else can. Um, and he's patient with the ball. Um, I think that he is very dangerous uh, as a, a sneaky MVP candidate for me, at least. Um, and the Celtics, too, I think are very sneaky this year to be a top four team. Yeah. Tatum is one to me as well, Spencer, where he's one that stood out post All-Star break, averaging almost 30 points per game. And you expect that even more this year with the way the Celtics built their roster out where he's going to put up a lot of points. If the Celtics overachieve this year, if there are a team that floats around the 50 win mark or even above that, I think Tatum does get some legit dark horse MVP votes. And while you were mentioning that on Giannis too, as well with your um, depoy and MVP prediction, if you're wanting to put a prop down on that, Spencer, that $20 on Giannis Antetokounmpo to win MVP and defensive player of the year, $20 gets you $200. So, I mean, that's a, do it for me, Evan. I don't. I don't got a sports book around these parts of Cleveland yet. <laughs> that, that that's a really, actually, a really solid bet to make. Because I mean, if you're betting on Giannis to take over the NBA at this point, that that's a really fun bet to make. Twenty for two hundred is something to watch out for. But let's go ahead. I mean, really quickly on MVP. MVP for me, at least, Kevin Durant's one that me to stand out, especially with the Kyrie Irving situation, Spencer. We don't know what's going to happen with him and the COVID nineteen situation. I know we've been pretty worn out the Kyrie discussion on the on the website as well just because we've written so much about it but I just want to head on Durant and the Nets for a second because I think Durant's one for me where he showed in the Easter Conference semifinals against the Nets when he almost beat or excuse me against the Bucks when he almost beat them by himself just that one jumper where he got his foot on the line instead of three maybe the Nets would have won that series what's your assessment of Durant heading into this season and then the questions around Kyrie Irving because I still think we didn't hit on them in the over-unders, but I still think they hit their over on their 55 and a half. I think Durant and Harden play more games than expected this year. I don't see them resting a lot now with Kyrie Irving being such a question mark. What's your thoughts on Durant's MVP case in the Nets? Yeah, no, I think that uh, there's a very good chance that, that he can do that. My question is, how often are they going to rest him? Can he stay healthy is still a question for me. Um, he's obviously one of the best players in basketball. Um, you're hard-pressed to really be able to stop him from scoring and stop him from shooting the way he did. I mean, it was absurd what he did last year, um, especially in the playoffs uh, when he just went to another level. Um, but I got to I gotta make sure that he can make it through a season. Um, that That's probably the only thing that would take it away from me. Um, and also the fact, too, that I think that James Harden is going to be out to prove something, especially if he doesn't sign uh, that deal that that uh, people are expecting him to, to maybe ink with the, the Nets long term. Uh, he's going to be trying to earn himself some money, too. And let's not forget what James Harden is capable of, guys. Uh, so I think that that itself, maybe the usage goes up for James Harden a little bit more, too, um, could take away from KD's MVP case. Yeah, that's really fair assessment there because I honestly can see even Harden putting himself in the MVP race. He puts up those monster numbers in a winning environment like we've seen throughout his career. But let's dive over really quickly to the rest of the awards here. Rookie of the year, I just want to get your quick prediction on this, Spencer. 
it feels like it's a two two man race, honestly, between Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham. Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs are the only other two players on this list with odds at one thousand or below. What's your expectations for rookie of the year? Because it feels like to me, Jalen Green is probably going to win the award just because he'll put up the most points. Even though Houston's not going to be a good team this year, neither is Detroit with Cade Cunningham. But I think Jalen Green's going to have some really monster nights. He's at plus two hundred odds on DraftKings. What's your expectations for rookie of the year this year? Hey, we agree on something. I also have Jalen Green winning rookie of the year. Um, I would pick Cade Cunningham. I just don't know what his his status is. You know, starting it, coming limping into the to the season. Uh, you know, with a little bit of an ankle thing. Um, it, it's also something too where the you know the Pistons they have guys who can play. Uh, so I don't know how much Cade's going to get used. Um, at least out of the gate, they're probably going to give him the keys. You know, in a few months. Jalen Green, we already know where they're at. We we know that the Rockets are there to develop. We know that they're going to put the ball in those guys' hands. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green. Um, you look at just the, the rookie class that they have. ton of young guys. Jalen Green probably going to be taking 15, 16 shots a night, if, if you had to ask me. Uh, is it going to be efficient? I don't know. Um, but I think that the production will be there on a team that probably isn't going to have uh, the best record and is going to need guys to score. So I think Jalen Green and, and KPJ are going to be doing the brunt of that. Um, and, 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 you know, Christian Wood as well. Christian Wood was off to an amazing start last year and then he obviously got hurt. Uh, but I think that Green is so attack-minded that he's just kind of going to force his way in. Plus, you know, when a guy talks about going number two and how he's, you know, uh, I don't know if he said he's disrespected, but he'll remember that. Uh, I think that he's going to have a, a chip on his shoulder, whether it's uh, motivation that's that's warranted or, or not. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, honestly, it's going to be something to watch out for there. And I think this race section could be really entertaining between those two guys, Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham. I think it's going to come down right to the wire there. But let's go to most improved player that will close out with defense player of the year. And then look ahead to tonight's slate. Most approved player, there's only two players with 1,000 or below odds on DraftKings. That's actually a tie between Kevin Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. And then a couple of flyers here I wanted to hit on for a second. Your guy, Darius Garland in Cleveland, at plus 3,000 odds, the 14th best odds for most approved player. I think it's a really good value there. And then OG Ananobi, he was actually at plus 4,000 a couple months ago. Now he's at plus 2,000. So if you got him back, then we were talking about him. On basketballnews.com, you probably would be really feeling good about your investment right now. But those are two guys to watch out for as far as dark horse candidates go. I'm probably going to lean Michael Porter Jr. here, Spencer, just based off of the point totals and everything along along the lines there. No Jamal Murray throughout the season as well. I think MPJ takes a leap and takes this award pretty easily, in my opinion. But what's your assessment of this race? Yeah, no, uh, I actually think that OG... Um, that's that's why I have in my predictions as most improved. So those odds are still very good. Um, I I could see Darius Garland, uh, you know, doing it. I, it it really just depends on and what these the records are. I think most improved often goes to team that's in the playoff hunt, you know, or the play in hunt. Uh, so that's also another thing where your Michael Porter Jr. prediction could happen. Uh, I just I don't know if I can guess that for Michael Porter Jr. until I know that his back is okay and you know he is going to be healthy and be able to stay healthy. Um, I think that there's there's two other guys that come to mind here for most improved. 
One, Jaron Jackson Jr., um, I think for the Memphis Grizzlies is due for a big step. Uh, you know, came back and kind of got thrown into the fire, uh, so to speak, and, and really didn't look like himself. Uh, I think this is a guy that is able to launch from deep. He's able to alter shots on the other end. He's able to compliment John Morant very well. Um, so I think that he's a, a, a decent bet. I don't know what his odds are. Uh, and then the, the other one that I had in mind as well was DeAndre Hunter of the Hawks. Um, you know, Trey gets a lot of the love, uh, as he should, but DeAndre Hunter has put in a lot of work on his off the dribble game, uh, and his ability to attack the basket. Um, and, and also, you know, shoot the three, but play a great, great, uh, defensive, uh, on ball, uh, way. So I think that. Hunter, if he can stay healthy, is also going to be a part of this race. Um, and and those are probably my three uh, that I have in the bank right now. Uh, but there's definitely uh, quite a few that are going to be vying for it. Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr., plus 1,600, the uh, tie for the third best odds there. And I'm looking for DeAndre Hunter because I thought that's actually a really good one as far as taking a flyer for some good odds. And Incredibly enough on DraftKings, somehow, some way, DeAndre Hunter's not even listed on this list. There's like 50 players. So that makes me think like maybe they just forgot him. Or if you want to take like a super good flyer, like you mentioned on DeAndre Hunter, that's actually a really solid one because he's going to be a starter on a good Atlanta team that could win 50 plus games. So keep an eye on that situation with Atlanta and DeAndre Hunter. Maybe he puts his way into the most improved player race throughout the season. But let's dive into Defensive Player of the Year real quick, Spencer. This has become the Rudy Gobert Award. He's won it three times already in his career. He is the odds-on favorite now, plus 340 again, to win it for the fourth time. Behind him, we have Ben Simmons at plus 400, Anthony Davis at plus 650, Miles Turner at plus 750, Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 900, and then Joel Embiid at plus 900. Those are six guys with under 1,000 odds there. You mentioned earlier in the show you like Giannis at plus 900. That double prop with Giannis MVP and Depoy is actually looking really juicy to me now after we mentioned it. But do you think this is Rudy Gobert's award once again to lose? Yeah, it. I mean, it usually is. It usually is. I mean, he's somebody that is – the reason you don't see teams attempting shots against the Jazz at the rim is because of that guy. I think that's a lot of – something that goes over a lot of people's heads. Uh, is, oh, he's not contesting as many shots. Well, yeah, it's because he's saying, come into my paint, please. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, Rudy has just established himself as uh, the best rim protector in basketball. And, uh, you know, it's evidenced by uh, the, the awards that, that he's won. Um, and also, you know, being an all-star and whatnot. Um, I think that I, I kind of have my eye on, on AD a little bit if he's able to stay healthy um, as a, a candidate for that award. Um, I, and I already gave you my, my favor with, with Giannis, but I'm just kind of spitballing who I think could go through. Maybe on, on wing defenders, um, you could look at, at someone like a Drew Holiday. Um, you know, there's a lot of good ones. I always, always uh, respect the hell out of Marcus Smart and think that he could definitely get his way into um, that type of conversation as well. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see on, on uh, DPOY. And, of course, be hard-pressed not to mention Draymond Green, who's usually in this, this race every year as well. So uh, I, I think that, again, it, it can – be wide open, but I just, again, I just think that Giannis just goes to another level this year. 
Yeah, I think Gobert and Giannis are two top guys to watch. There one sleeper I want to throw out here because I think I mentioned him in our prediction on the website. Bam Adebayo at plus 1,400 odds. If nice. Miami, if they come out to a legit run, which I think they really can, getting 50-plus wins, I, I think Bam's got to watch out for for deep boy. I know Jimmy Butler gets a lot of love. Kyle Lowry's going to help set things up defensively on the backcourt. But Bam's proven to be over-consistently, uh, really consistently improve as a, as a rim protector. And I think this could be the year where adding Kyle Lowry to the mix, he could really take off as a rim protector and helping a really good Miami team to the playoffs, one of their top seeds. So keep an eye on Bam out of buy up. It's like a long shot one, plus 1,400 odds. I would play a, play a bet on there. And then Draymond Green, plus 2,000, like you mentioned, that's another long shot bet, but one where Gold State does bounce back. I think they're a really good team to watch out for here. But let's go ahead and dive into tonight's slate of games. That was a lot of fun going through the awards with you, Spencer, but it's time to get into some games here. 7.40 Eastern time. We'll start off with the first game. The Brooklyn Nets, without Kyrie Irving due to the COVID-19 situation, are traveling to Milwaukee to face the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks tonight. The Bucks are fair by one point. The over-under is 233 points in this one. So they're expecting a really high-scoring game tonight in Milwaukee. What's your expectations and thoughts on this matchup tonight where I think it's going to be a really, really fun opener? Yeah, no, it should be. Uh, I think that ring night, it's going to start well for them. Maybe the Bucks come out firing on all cylinders. But I think that the Nets have a little bit of a vendetta to come back and, uh, you know, um, pour it on them. So I, I think that the Nets win this one. I mean, it, obviously, they're only a one-point dog, but just outright. Um, and uh, it, it's, it comes from a second-half effort uh, via KD and, and James Harden. And maybe Patty Mills has a big game. Hey, that that'll be a fun one. I love the Patty edition for Brooklyn, and I, I think it's gonna be a really close game. I'm gonna go actually Milwaukee tonight. I think Giannis just has a really monster game. His over under is 29 and a half points. I think he's gonna go over 30 tonight. I think he's gonna have one of those games like we saw in the playoffs against Phoenix in the finals. I think he's just gonna come out and say, "Hey, I know everyone's saying Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA, but hey, watch this. I think it's gonna be one of those moments from Giannis tonight. I think the preseason jump shot." Is something to watch out for his improvements there. If that's real, I mean, this guy's going to be unstoppable. So I, that's just something to watch out for there. I'm going to go with the Bucks minus one to get the win over the Nets. But let's dive in really quickly as well into the Los Angeles Lakers hosting the Golden State Warriors. The last time these two teams faced off for a potential playoff spot, it was one hell of a game, Spencer. Stephen Curry and LeBron going back and forth. Get the same thing tonight, but this time we have Russell Westbrook in the mix as well. So what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, Lakers got the band back together. They even signed uh, Avery Bradley yesterday. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I think that there's a lot of expectations that come with, uh, you know, first game, first week, first month of the regular season with a lot of these championship contenders. Um, it's hard for me to see the Lakers losing at home uh, on their first game. But I do know how long it takes uh, for these teams to get acclimated. That said, I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to turn the ball over too much tonight. I don't. Um, I think the Warriors look good. I think both of these games are very good. They're probably two to three possession games at max, I want to say. Um, but I think that the Lakers kind of look smooth. They look well-rested, obviously. They um, you know, were gone after the first round last year, uh, and they rested for a little while. Um, I mean, same goes for the Warriors, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll also get to see whether, uh, this Jordan Poole situation, um, is real, but 
I would lean Lakers uh, tonight and in uh, another hell of a game. You think they cover Spencer, the Lakers? I'm going to go with the Lakers here as well over the Warriors, but the spread is three and a half tonight. It's gone down from four and a half a couple of days ago. So I think the, there's been a lot of late money going to the Warriors here to cover the spread. What's, yeah, what do you think about that? Three and a half points. I think it's going to be right right on the nose there, either a three or four point win. I think the Lakers barely cover. I think it's those free throws at the end are going to get, get it done. But what's your thoughts on that spread? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I just said two to three three possession games, so that's that's tough. That's tough because that means they'd have to win by at least four for those who who don't do gambling. Um, shoot, oh, I hate betting spreads in in basketball. I hate betting spreads because I know how those free throws can ruin things, especially over unders too. Um, yeah, I'll say they cover. I'll say they cover. They win by five. Okay. Okay. So let's lock that in for your parlay tonight of the Nets plus one, Lakers minus three and a half. That's a plus two seventy two odds. So if you were to place, let's say, a ten dollar bet on that, you can win back twenty eight dollars. So that's a really solid one. And also, if you throw in for my prediction for the Bucks to cover minus one with the Lakers minus three and a half, that's plus two fifty six odds. So nearly round the nose as far as same odds go. But hey, Spencer, this is a lot of fun today. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on the first episode of Nothing But Bets. I imagine we'll be having you on a lot more throughout the season as well. It's great talking with you. But if you haven't already, basketballnews.com fans, NBA fans in general, go ahead and follow Spencer already on Twitter if you haven't. He's a great follow over there. Does great Cleveland Cavaliers content, great NBA content as well for us as well. At Spin Davies on Twitter. Spencer, really appreciate the time today, man. Yeah, no problem, Evan. Thanks for having me on.